0: hello everyone and welcome back to grow with it i just wanted to pre-record a little intro for the episode that i'm about to share with you guys and say that number one i'm really sorry for the audio because i know it's not the best quality but we did the best we could um given the circumstances we were doing this over zoom so i do apologize about the audio i hope that it's not too difficult to hear what we're saying and i hope that you really enjoy this episode uh, this has been a long time coming. I found Marie, and she's a speech-language pathologist. I found her via Instagram, and she's really knowledgeable, knows a lot about speech, and she is a preschool SLP. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode and can hear somewhat of what we're chatting about. And make sure you uh, read the notes in this episode and the summary and everything, because I'm going to link her Instagram and and um, her podcast as well, because I was just on her podcast. So you'll hear me on there if you would like to go listen to that. All right, guys, I hope that you have a happy Wednesday. And if you enjoy this episode or want to be a guest on the podcast or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me um, and we can make it happen for sure. Have a great Wednesday. Bye guys.
1: to grow with it. Today I have a very special guest that I'm super excited for on the podcast. Her name is Marie and she is an SLP. I love that it rhymes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, me and my, my preschool rhyming, but hi, thank you.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, well, I know we just did a little pod. We did a podcast for well, I was on her podcast first and now we're just like still recording. So (laughs) (laughs) we probably are going to talk about some of the same things, but if you want to, you should go listen to her podcast as well. Um, so I wanted to talk about first of all, how we met and I am pretty sure I was just being a little creep and found her on Instagram and was Uh, like, (laughs) I'm
2: like, I don't know.
1: I think that I found you on Instagram and was just scrolling and like, liked a bunch of pictures. And I was like, she's also a speech pathologist.
2: Okay. I don't remember. Yeah. M- maybe. And that probably caught my attention. I was like, who's this girl? And then I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cute.
1: <laughs> I love it so much. Well, why don't you just start and just tell us like a little about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: um. Well, I am Marie. I'm a speech pathologist. Uh, I live in Southern California. I was born and raised in Southern California. Um, so I uh, have yet to leave. I don't know if I ever will. I do love it out here. Um, <laughs> but I work with uh, preschoolers, and I'm a school-based speech pathologist. So um you know, I'm kind of in a, in a state of unknown right now. We are on summer break, but we're going back fairly soon, supposedly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And I'm okay with not knowing, to be honest. So uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, you know, that's basically me. I'm like trying to think, did I leave anything out?
1: I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I have a question though. Yeah? So, okay you live in Southern California? Like, do you live far from like where you grew up or is it exactly the same part of California that you like grew up in?
2: Basically the same. So I, um, I was born in OC in Orange County. Um, and so I have some family that still lives out that way. Um, and I was like six when we moved to the Inland Empire where it is a current, very blazing 101 degrees. Um, (laughs) and, um, it like I'm in the San Bernardino County. So we're about, um, gosh, somebody asked me this the other day and I gave them the miles, like 50 something miles from LA. Um, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. My friend was like, how far are you from LA? And I was like, Oh, I'm 53 miles or something. And she was like, no, I meant in minutes. I was like, Oh, it's like 45 minutes or whatever on the freeway. (laughs) Um, <laughs> go to
1: LA well before COVID do you go there ever
2: um yeah well so my boyfriend is um he's a lot of things but one of his fun things is he's a comedy improviser and so he takes classes out in the groundlings theater in Los Angeles Very um,
1: cool.
2: yeah so we go there like for his shows or right. just to go to other shows um, it's so funny because, and his, his dad works out there, but both our families live out here in the San Bernardino County. Um, but a lot of people that work in LA don't want to live in LA cause it's very busy and, you know, and I don't know about New York, but I know with LA, it's like the truck. I mean, you probably hear about it. Everybody knows LA for their traffic because yes. the freeways are just nuts you know so if we're going to like a 6 30 show for him or whatever like we have to leave at like 4 30 when we're only like technically like you know maybe an hour away sometimes but for the traffic we always have to have to be
1: mindful so right exactly I did LA um when was it I guess it was last year was it I think it was last year Okay. and I feel like the time's just running together now (laughs) But um, I visited last year and the traffic was insane. My, one of my OT friends is a travel therapist. So she was out there doing her little OT thing. Yeah. And uh, it was really fun. Like I like California. I want to go back and visit like San Diego and San Francisco and things like that. Mm-hmm. Cause I've never been to those areas before, yeah. uh, but it was really fun. I liked it a lot. Yeah. We love
2: San Diego. We love, we did a road trip together like, I don't know, three years ago, two years ago. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Like you said, the time just, it's like not relevant at this point.
1: <laughs> it's it's all really, together.
2: Yeah. But, um, no, we, you know, we went up and went to the, to Yosemite, we went to San Francisco, we went to Sam, Santa Barbara and stuff. And some of those places, like we'd both been individually and some we've were seeing for the first time together, but, um, he also has family in San Diego, so we go there a lot. We love the San Diego area, and that's that's, so fun. Yeah, that's like a place we've talked about. Like one day we'll live that way. Like we're okay. definitely both very beach, beach people. <laughs> but yeah, right now we live closer to the mountains. So, um, yeah. But well, yeah. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh no, I was just saying that's awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, California a lot too. Yeah. Um. So something I do every week on the podcast is like my struggles and wins for the week. So um, if you want to start, yeah. what would you say your struggles have been this week?
2: Um, <laughs> well, I think, you know what? And it's like, it's a lot in one, mainly just my struggle with, um, I don't know if it's so much a struggle. I almost feel like I'm trying not to feed into the negativity surrounding my upcoming school year. Um, this week our was like the big, like, we're going to find out week. So our district was like, okay, we're going to tell you on Friday, the 10th. And they had a board meeting on Thursday night that we could watch and call into and whatnot or whatever. Um, and like, around like Tuesday, I was seeing a lot of people, friends of mine and, and, and just other teachers and other districts and stuff in general on social media. You know, I get that there's a lot of fear surrounding it and I totally like have my own fears, but, um, there was just a lot of negativity and it, you know, it's just like, we're going back to work with kids and I don't want to put that on them. And so it just makes me like, kind of like, have to make sure that I just kind of stand back and understand like, you know, everybody's fearful and that it's valid. Um, So then, you know, I opted out of watching our board meeting and kind of just knew because in my position as a speech pathologist and as a preschool speech pathologist, there's no decisions yet as to how it's going to look for me. So it's like, why am I going to get super freaked out when I still don't No, like I'm not going to have any answers. Um, but then also just like my, my little mantra for myself, um, which you might see on Instagram all the time for me is that the best possible thing is always happening to me. So even if it's a challenge or it's, you know, I get a little bit frightened by it or a lot. Um, I try to just trust that, like, you know, the best possible thing is happening, you know, trust, um, in the higher powers, so to speak. And just, you know, know that like, I'm going to, I'm going to be challenged, but I'm going to grow through this and it's going to be okay. So I think it's just been me, like having to just keep saying that to myself. So it's been a struggle, but I feel like because I took those steps, I've come out, like, I I feel fine. Like maybe I'm just, uh, in this like denial stage, but right now I feel really
1: great. So, (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. No, i (laughs) Um, Did you, do you teletherapy any, when everything happened with COVID in the beginning?
2: So, oh yeah, that, that will be a struggle if I do have to do it. I'll let you know how that goes. Um, no, so (laughs) our district, it was really interesting because when we first shut down, we, we shut down a week before a spring break was supposed to happen. So we had basically a week off with like, we don't know what to do, but enjoy your spring break. And when we get back, we'll let you guys know more. Um, so during my spring break, I actually uh, are, there were some f- like free uh, continuing education things being offered for teletherapy, which I did complete. So I could like have that kind of, I guess, certification in a sense, um, mm-hmm. if that was what my district wanted us to do. And some districts, some surrounding districts did go straight into teletherapy. I know Los Angeles did and other ones. Well, my district went with an optional distance learning model because, and right, and I totally understood it. I was like, there are parents that are still full-time at work and they can't necessarily be there like to log their little one on or little one has an older brother or sister that's using the computer for their distance learning. Like there's so many factors. And so um, when it came to speech and occupational therapy and all the services we were told to offer supports and provide online, you know, um, accessible activities that parents could use. Um, but not to do any kind of servicing. So no teletherapy. And that was really hard for me. (laughs) Um, because not that I, I was nervous. I was like, I don't know how teletherapy is going to work with preschool, but again, I was like, I'll do it. I'll make it work. And, um, Then, like, I don't know, four or five weeks in, they did come and say, well, we want you to start doing virtual sessions, but we weren't technically calling them services because what our district did was suspend all services and IEP, like individual education plans, because we couldn't really meet them the way they were written, you know, like some services are written for me to be in the classroom or so, you know, so it was our district wanted to make sure with legality stuff, like that they weren't. Um doing anything that was against what that child needed. Mm-hmm. I guess. So it was really interesting. but I have I'm very blessed and I have such good relationships one with my teachers that I work with. We're already our preschool program is set up in a very collaborative style. So what I did was with their virtual sessions, like that they had with the whole class, I would be in those to help, you know if parents had any questions, then I would offer like outside sessions with them and stuff like that. but it was, it was interesting. So I didn't have, I had a couple students where the, the parents did ask me for sessions and I did offer them, but I didn't have all like 43 of my students that meet that were asking for sessions. So I don't know what it's going to look like for me, but if that's the case, I'm going to have to be very creative in how I, how I schedule because, um, it, that's, that's a lot of kids.
1: That is. a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so it's interesting because I've never been in like solely a school system, actually, um, OT wise. I've, I've been in an outpatient facility that did, we went to the schools. So we provided services in school, but it wasn't solely, you know, the school system. So I don't really know how any of that stuff works. So for me right now, I'm doing early intervention OT. And so it's fee for service. So oh. if I'm a kiddo, then I don't actually even get paid. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, very different, but for you, so when you were doing those sessions with the parents, how did that look, like, could, or not with the parents, with the kiddos, Mm -hmm. how did that look, like, it's not fee-for-service, I'm assuming, it's just, like, normal, like, school system, so it's the same thing.
2: So, it would be during, like, what the school day would be. Okay. Yeah, and it would be, um... See, and this is where it got tricky for me in my – I always joke. I mean, I, I think SLPs get the rap of, you're all type A. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I am in some ways, and then in some ways I'm not. Or, like, I am at first. Like, if you tell me something, I'm like, no, that's not the way I was told the first time, you know? But then as I, like, open up to it, I'm like, yeah, whatever but it takes me some time to get out of my type A brain over to like my type E brain. <laughs> <laughs> I could be, I could be on two different levels sometimes. It's kind of funny, but um, yeah, you know, it, it was weird because they said, we don't want you to take, you know, it's services are suspended. So I can't, you know, take data because I can't do my progress note. And like, um, I mean, I can, and like, obviously I, I documented things because that's in me to do. And I was taught in school to do that and stuff but um you know we weren't held to our standard data taking and everything and that was um interesting because again it was optional so if parents wanted it we could do it but if they didn't have the means to do it or if it if if they were just like nope you know what we're stressed out we're taking a break because I get that too I had parents I had a parent sweet lady email me like when I, I all I was doing I was emailing um I made, like, a bunch of videos for my students, like, to to sing along with or play along with or whatever, and then I would just email those out with a couple different activity options for parents just to help them, just to be like, this yeah. is what I would do, which, so I was working, like, I was doing, you know, making stuff and doing stuff for them, and I had one mom email me back to one of my weekly check-ins just saying, like, I think she thought I was requiring this work to be done with my students. And so she was like, I just, there's, she, she like outlined everything that was going on and she said, it's just such a stressful time. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, if you just need to call me and talk like ever, that's do it. <laughs> I felt so bad. Cause I was like, this isn't required. And I think that was, that was our district's biggest stance is like, none of this is required. We understand like, these are unprecedented times. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, it wasn't, if I had a no-show, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, you know. Okay. So, I, yeah.
1: That makes sense. I was curious about that because I'm also like looking at the school system well, I got an offer for a school system okay. when that starts back up in September, but I'm just trying to figure out, and I know all school systems are different yes. and work and you living in California, very different. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I've never been in a school system, so I really don't know. I don't even know how it would go, or like what <laughs> what kinds of things would be going on with that. So yeah. I was, what you guys did, like will you guys? I wonder, do you teletherapy when you start again?
2: That's kind of what worth. I mean, I think a lot of SLPs in my district. I can't speak on all their behalfs, but from what I've heard, it it sounds like a lot of us are okay with that at first. And I think part of it too, I mean, I was talking to a friend earlier um, who I, who I work with and I was saying, you know what, like, I understand there's some teachers that are scared about going back and everything, but if, if we're asked to do it, if we're told like by our, you know, our district, and if they tell us like, we're making this safe for you, I mean, obviously like that's my job. And those are my kids and I'm going to service them in the best way that I can. So I'm going to, you know, put a smile on my face. I'm going to go do it. I mean, I always think like when this all first happened and the nurses had to stay at work, I'm like, you know, like they, they, they're doing it. Like if they could do it, like we could do this, you know, that as long as they provide all of the precautions, which I know my district is doing their best to do. Um, but with the way it seems right now with all this unknown and like the way my district is planning to do this, I don't know that, uh, speech will be, um, it will be efficient to be pulling kids out for speech, uh, you know, on campus right now with, with the plans that they have with this, like they're doing like a hybrid model. It sounds like with, okay. I'm distant sometime in class. And I'm like, well, it, Preschool, again, is so different because our kids aren't even in school all day long. Like, they only have three hours a day. So I oh. might be able to go back to normal-ish. But with the social distancing stuff, I don't know. So I, I don't know what – I don't know. But I know a lot of us are kind of like, why don't speech pa- pa- uh, pathologists stay stay teletherapists for a little while until it cools down? I know.
1: Just I totally feel the whole unknown thing. Like yeah it's not just for our professions, everyone's feeling it, but it is just hard, you know, especially me being a new grad and I mean, yeah. I graduate I don't think
2: I no, I graduated from Southern South California um University of Redlands, so oh, okay. um, and what 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 year? <laughs> okay, I just gave somebody the wrong info the other day, so let me make sure I get this right. I graduated in 2017 with my master's degree. <laughs> So I I told somebody the other day that I graduated with my undergrad in 2017, which would technically mean that I was still like a pretty new, I mean, I still am, I'm new, but um, like, that would mean that I just graduated last year with my master's, but I've definitely been doing this for a few years. So I was like, oh, wrong, wrong date for you. Sorry. Um, Yeah. I
1: graduated in 2017. Um, That's all. I was curious. Yeah. It's just very interesting. And you know. Definitely the unknown, the fear of the unknown, but we will make it work. And regardless of if how we have to do yeah. it, be flexible yep. and just up for whatever the challenge is, that's how it's going to be for a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah. And flexibility is going to be so key, you know, cause yeah, I mean, I keep, there's so many different what ifs and I could go on all day about it, but we have to just be ready to, and to be like, you know what? Okay. I guess we're all going to do this distance learning again until you know that could happen too we don't know um, and so yeah. just being open and just trusting that like we have the the skills that we need we just have to we just have to do you know maybe be challenged a little bit that's okay
1: like so yeah yeah and it's- one of the things that i think is really going to be a challenge if we are face to face is you know for our our well yeah, you too, our nonverbal kiddos or the kiddos you're trying to get to um, speak, it's going to be hard with a mask on not being able to re- like see facial expressions. I know. That's a big thing. I was talking I to an employee yeah, the other day about it, and I was like, I don't even know. And yeah, that would, that'll be tough, but we'll figure something out.
2: <laughs> I know. I, I was thinking that too, because I have so many um, little ones. I did, I don't think I mentioned... This now I'm now I'm feeling like I did I mention this in my podcast or your podcast? Um, But uh, I work for preschool, but it's um, it's an inclusion preschool, which means fifty percent of our kids in our classroom are identified with special needs, and that could be anywhere from just maybe articulation concerns, so their speech sounds, to um, being like severe having severe uh, impairments. Um, You know, so it's it's a really great program. Um, and then 50% of the kids are what we call general education. So they're just they're kids that are not identified with any special needs, but they're also in the in the classroom. They're right there. Everybody works together. And um, you know, the the kids that aren't on an individual education plan, so they don't have the special needs, they are, you know, there for peer support, they're peer models, but so are the kids that are like they're their models too, because it's really just about learning how to work together. Um yeah to promote all of our growth you know I learn from my students every day and so do the you know quote unquote typically developing peers and vice versa like they just all learn from each other and it's so awesome and I just think that you know it it does make me a little bit scared when I'm like sometimes some of my kiddos that are nonverbal um with the mask like I'm just like but what if they are like what if they're communicating with their facial expression you yes. know that limits them and they already there is already a limitation that we're working on obviously understanding from them but uh yeah there's just so many thoughts that i get when i'm like oh
1: no like no mask please because i want to see their little faces I, know. I feel the same way or then i mean i'm also thinking and i was talking to an ot the other day about this as well um some kiddos who have certain disabilities aren't going to be able to put the mask on. Exactly. Like there's no way it's going to happen, you know? So these are just all things to consider and you know, things that we can't even really worry about right now.
2: <laughs> it's true, and like we said earlier, like it's just there's an uncertainty and we just kind of have to be flexible and trust that it's, you know, we're gonna come out okay on the other end. It's
1: <laughs> Yes, it's I 100% fun. agree with that. Okay. Um, what were, would you say were your wins for this week? I
2: love it. Um, I feel like it was such a good, productive, but like busy week that it's all like, wait, what did I do this week? (laughs) Oh man. Um, I don't, well, I get, I got, we finally got to podcast together. I call that a win. Um, yes. Let's see. Uh, I made homemade tortillas last night for dinner. I don't know if that counts as a win. It does. That is it's so delicious. Um, and then I'm trying to think. I feel like, I just feel like I'm always, I'm like so, try to stay so productive that I accomplish one thing and I'm on to the next and I need to work on maybe celebrating those little things a little bit more, but um, oh my gosh. Well, those are some pretty good wins. I yes. Can, I feel like there's more, but.
1: I would totally agree that um, making homemade tortillas <laughs> and podcasting together is a win. So yeah. that is. Um, <laughs> that works. Very, exactly. Um, so how did you get into speech pathology and why? Which I know we talked about this on yours as well. We <laughs> did.
2: Um, but I can even go into a little bit more depth on here too. Because um, like I told you earlier, I. um. I went into my like first year of college wanting to be a biology major. I knew since I was little, like seventh grader, that I wanted to be a scientist to study, um, cells because I wanted to find, like, make, like I told you, I want to make miracles happen. Um, I wanted to, you know, be able to like find cures for things like cancer and stuff. And I did, I really loved science. Like I loved biology. I loved my biology class. Funny, fun fact though, like my ninth grade biology class, I didn't do very well in, um, but I loved it. It was that like, I, but I really like science, but I can't like, I, I'm getting a C like, you know, like how, but you know, C's are passing. So I was like, I learned, I think that was my first lesson in being okay with being imperfect or not being perfect because you know, I was in honors classes and stuff and I was the one getting like C's, but I was like, but I want to do this with my life. Um, but anyways, like it was very challenging. Um, but I think I was so stuck on like that seventh grade dream. Like, nope, I'm going to, I'm still going to do it. And so I, um, I started out college at a community college and, um, that was right around the corner from my house. Super easy. Um, and it was a really great school to go to especially when you're like regardless like starting out I guess in college and and like I knew I wanted to be a biology major but I also was like but I don't know for sure like I was kind of open in my head about it and um so I started my you know all my science classes and all my other classes um all your undergrad stuff and one of the classes like my second year of college I put off my communications class because it would have to have been the public speaking c- class. And, you know, and here I am hosting my own podcast now, but <laughs> <that's> another point <laughs> for another day. Uh, no, but, you know, so I avoided that class. And so my very like second to last semester or whatever of my uh, two-year community college program, uh, I decided to take small group communication because I thought, well, then I don't have to speak by myself. Um, <laughs> so I didn't understand what small group communication really meant. So what that class basically was, was, yeah, there were a couple presentations where we got to work in a group, like have a group presentation, but that's like every class does that, but you still have to give your own public speech, but it had to be about a community service requirement. And that was to find like a volunteer position for so many weeks or so many hours where you were observing small group communication. And then we had to do like all these like, analyses on, like, how people were communicating, like, you know, I don't even remember, but, like, are they working as a team, like, very, like, like, more communications studies stuff, um, and so in that, I, I was, like, well, where am I going to volunteer, like, I don't know what to do, and so my mom is a teacher, and she was, like, well, maybe I could see if a teacher in my, um, my, at my school needs, uh, help needs a volunteer and I and I was like okay well could you see if uh your special education teacher does because I was always very interested in like that world I remember in high school like knowing like where the special education classroom was and always wanting to just like I don't know I was just I would gravitate towards it like I'd want to go and kind of see what it was like in there and see what those kids got to do and I always loved making friends with um you know, the kids, when they would mainstream into our classes, like, I always just enjoyed their company, I don't know, and so, um, I volunteered, and at one point, like, I just really felt, I don't know, I really felt, like, good being in there, I felt like it was my place, like, working with those kids came really natural to me, and we were just working on, like, it was their, um, like, their elective time, where they would come to their resource specialist classroom and work on, projects and, um, unfinished homework and things like that, like where they got extra support and extra help because they were all on individual education plans. So I would sit with like a small group every day I was in there. I think I went in there once a week and I would sit with my little group and we'd work on their science homework or their math homework or whatever. And one day a little boy who he was, um, I didn't, I didn't even really have a good grasp of what like different disorders were. um, So this little boy, I guess, had identified, had been identified with autism, but he was, um, you know, where he was on the spectrum, you, you couldn't always tell that he might have, you know, like a social, um, anxiety or anything like that. Like he, especially with me, he was very like, he, I, I I don't know, he just would come in and he would just tell me about his day and then we'd get to work. Well, he did not want to get to work. He was like protesting. And these are, I didn't mention, these are sixth graders. Um, you know, and they all have like, probably like mild to moderate identified needs and he, but he was like my buddy, you know, so I was like, what's up, you know? And he, so me not knowing what I'm doing, he, he just, he he can't answer that. He's obviously, he was kind of in like almost a meltdown and, and as a sixth grade boy, like, you know, you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. And so he was just very upset, but like silent. (laughs) And poor guy, I know. And so, but then like, I, you know, we got out his work and then he pushed it and he's like, I don't want to do this right now. And I was like, okay, um, you know, we have to finish it soon. And that made him mad. And he started banging his head, not too hard before I don't (laughs) want to freak anybody out, but he did. He started like banging his head on the table. Like he put his hands down. And so like almost immediately, I just knew, like, I kind of like got down on his level, which I you know, now I do that. I know that that's a good skill to have, but I didn't know at the time that was something you should do. I kind of was nervous. Cause I was like, I don't know if he's going to like lash out. And the teacher at the time, um, she, she was like working with another student who was upset. And there was also a TA in the class that was working with a group right outside the door. So I was kind of on my own, like not, they didn't mean to leave me on my own, but it was kind of like a quick second. So i got on his level and I started saying his name very calmly. And then he looked at me And I was like, we don't have to do your work. I was like, let's just sit, you know? And so we sat there and we were like sitting there in silence for a minute. And then he started telling me something had happened at lunch and he was so upset about it. And he obviously he couldn't get past it. It was just the forefront in his mind. So we had to talk it out. And I came up with some like suggestions like, okay, so tomorrow maybe you could try this or whatever. So then afterwards, like the teacher out of the corner of her eye did see that kind of end, that whole interaction ending. So afterwards, like she's, you know, we talked about it and she told me, you know, yeah, you did everything fine. Like next time just shout my name and I'll come over. And I was like, okay. But then she (laughs) told me, yeah. Then she told me about like, you know, he does have this diagnosis because they can't always tell, you know, you're, they can't tell like a volunteer in the classroom, but I was, um, they they had told parents, like, obviously, like, there's going to be a volunteer in here. Are you okay with that or whatever? And so, um, I don't know, but she did kind of mention, like, maybe look into, like, this so you know, like, for next time, like, start researching, like, the, um, the different uh, diagnoses and stuff. And I was like, okay. And then the TA was like, have you ever heard of speech-language pathology? I think you'd make a great speech-language pathologist. I was like, no, like, what is that? And what are those words? And no. And so... <laughs> yeah but I loved working in that class and even after my program or that um communications course I was in ended I still went back I went back the following year to volunteer in the classroom I just loved it I just felt so like good and not just for me but I just felt like I could like I loved the connection I made with those kids and I loved seeing them like tell me about their day and um it was just really it was really awesome and so um I kept thinking more and more like, maybe I should look into the speech pathology thing. And my uh, advanced chemistry class was also just kicking my butt and I was not enjoying it. And so it was kind of both at the same time where it was like, you know, here's an opportunity to look into. And I also was just like, and I always say like, sometimes things are challenging and, and you have to go through them. But like, I was taking chemistry class after chemistry class, not enjoying it, like in tears, like what am I doing? And I don't want to be this stressed out. Like, I don't like that feeling. So I looked into speech pathology and, um, long story short, decided, you know, what, I'm gonna go for it and get my bachelor's in communicative sciences and disorders. And, you know, if along the way, I'm like, you know what, no, I'm going to go back. Like I can always go back. Like I have all the time I, I need. And, um, I never went back (laughs) And, and I, you know, and I had my, my share of challenges in undergrad and grad school with communicative disorders as well. Just, you know, chemistry was just not my, it wasn't a challenge that made me feel any kind of growth, I guess. Like it, it, it I don't know. Um, it's always so hard to explain because I'm like, I don't advocate for quitting, but I definitely advocate for finding what works for you, you know? I agree with you. Yeah. That is awesome
1: though. Like, oh my The way that it came about, I just feel like there's always, you know, I love to hear the stories behind why people do what they do or how they, it's just like everything always works out how it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, Did you always know that you wanted to work with children?
2: No. (laughs) In fact, what's really funny is like when I was, so I'm the oldest of three and um when my brother and sister were my brother's two years younger than me and then my sister is six and a half years younger than me and so you know we'd play I, I would always be in charge I always or I always wanted to be in charge um which they didn't like so much but um when we would play like you know I would want to be the teacher we'd play school and that was always my game of choice well I want to play school I want to be the teacher you know and they didn't always want to play my mom would always have to be like Marie like you got to be patient you know, when you play with them. Cause then, you know, if I wanted to be in charge. I wanted things to go a certain way and I would lose my patience and stuff. And my mom, like I said, is a teacher. Um, and she would always, I would always say when I was really little, like, I want to be a teacher when I grow up. And my mom would straight up tell me like, you're going to have to get some patience then, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> because, or even like, you know, when we had friends with little kids, when they would come over, like, not that I was, I loved little kids. Like I love, I loved getting to, because I loved my baby dolls and I love to be like the mommy and the one in charge. Right. Right. Um, but I didn't necessarily have that patience for, for them. Um, and so I always tell my mom and I always joke, she's like, you, you found your patience working with, you know, your clients and your students. And I think it's definitely helped me a lot in life too. Um, but it's, it's funny because she, I remember the first time I told her, I think I'm going to look into speech, being a speech therapist. She was like, what? <laughs> uh, like a speech teacher. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, do, do you want to do that? Like in the schools? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay. And I was like 19. And she's like, I just never saw you doing that, but okay. You know, if that's something you're thinking about, um, Wow! Yeah, I love. So. It. Here you are, <laughs> and here I am. But yeah, it's it's so kind of interesting to be like, yeah, I would never have, you know, I I have a really good friend of mine who's a speech pathologist, and she knew she wanted to be a speech therapist, and she was like seven years old. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I didn't even know what a speech therapist was until I was like nineteen years old. So yeah,
1: and here I am. I totally that. <laughs> yeah. I definitely- that was the same way for me with OT. I had no idea what it was until I was like a sophomore in college. I was like, Hey, (laughs) and here we are. And here we
2: are. Yeah. I almost feel like there's a level of pressure. It kind of took off when I was going into like applying for grad programs and stuff, because I didn't feel like this calling to it necessarily from early on in life. Like it was just like a decision I kind of made on a whim, not whim, but you know, where I was like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gonna go this route now and see where that takes me. And Oh, cool. Like, you know, I mean, once I started applying to grad schools, I was like, obviously passionate about it and worked really hard and got denied from some places and it broke my heart a little bit, but, um, (laughs) so, so. I'm so grateful for it. Um, I'm grateful for that uh, that communications class that I put off. <laughs> oh,
1: goodness. I know. I love that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, what would you, like, say to somebody that is looking to do maybe speech or something along that? Yeah. Round? I, mean, I guess I could even throw in OTP, anything, like, somebody just wanting to pursue something that might be kind of challenging, because, you know, for both of us, I feel like grad school was it was hard. <laughs> yeah. And I think,
2: um, it's like not to, not to sugarcoat it. Like it's hard. It's yeah. but, but anything is going to be at some point because uh, any, anything, I should say this, anything that pushes you to grow is going to be a little bit challenging or a lot challenging depending on just where you're at with it. Um, you know, when I was in grad school, um, I, struggled with my anatomy and physiology class. Me too. Um, <laughs> I stra And like, and, and in, in undergrad, I did too. Like the, that stuff. And it's so funny that I was originally like a biology major. Like, don't, I don't even know where to go with all that. Don't like clearly was not meant to be a biologist. Let's just, we can all just like lay that on the table. Um, but I struggled so hard. And I think a lot of it, one was me needing to learn. I didn't have to be perfect. I was so worried about not being, you know, not getting an A on an exam and getting told like, you know what, like you're not doing everything your peers are doing, like, you know, or whatever. Um, because really like it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. And I think like, if we're thinking about things like being an occupational therapist or a speech therapist or a physical therapist, things that are very hands-on and very Mm -hmm. client centered or family centered, um, really what, what your focus should come back to is your clients. So when I was struggling with my anatomy and physiology, you know, I had to, um, and I don't think I learned this very well until the second semester of it was I really had to kind of take a step back and say, well, why am I doing this? You know, I'm not, I don't want to get all stressed out over one exam. Um, what my, why is to be here for my clients and, it's My second half of um, my anatomy and physiology class was also my, f- my first um, experience in autism clinic, which is why I really was, like, in the field. Like, that's why I got into it in the beginning. That's right. the clinic I looked forward to. And so my biggest focus was that client that semester. And so it kind of helped me balance. It kind of helped me learn, like, I, I can – you know i can take time and study i think you obviously need to make time to study and um but you also like the application of everything you're learning is is so much more valuable sometimes because i really don't learn especially in the field of speech pathology or like being any kind of therapist i feel like the real learning comes through those experiences that you're having with your clients because then you have those little moments like oh, that's what my professor was talking about. (laughs) Um, Now I get it because you're doing it and now I have to adjust like, or whatever it is. Um, But another thing that's actually really important that I learned, I guess not too late, obviously I graduated, but was ask questions. I think, and that was part of my problem. I struggled with anatomy and physiology and I was too scared to ask, raise my hand and ask a question. Yes. Like that's, (laughs) so it's on my own fault
1: <laughs> i feel like you're literally speaking like to me like, <laughs> like the same thing i mean even when i'm on the like when i was applying for jobs and things like that the main thing that the, the therapists like the owners the people that were hiring want they're like we can train a therapist like but we can't train you to have a good personality we can't train right. you to the families like you need to Yes, no, like OT things, and for you, speech everything we learn in school, but you need to also put your client first, you need to be personable, and yeah, I think those are very important for a therapist, those are very important aspects to have. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I would definitely, um, I think that those that's really. All oh, I have for you, but <laughs> one last thing. How we're kind of doing a 180 here, but how did you get like into the Instagram world and things like that? Because that's where I feel like I'm trying. I just started during quarantine, honestly. And I mm-hmm. was always just here to take the leap and like kind of get into the yeah. blog and you know, things like that. So how did you get into that? So it's so funny. Um <laughs>
2: But um, maybe it's not funny. Just to me, it's kind of funny. But uh, I was really interested, like I told you, my boyfriend and I took a road trip a couple years ago. And at that time, so we had like saved up for a camera because we wanted to start vlogging together. And he really wanted it to do like his own music vlogging and stuff, which he does. And um, we had, we both were working at a restaurant together. And so It was perfect because then we could save up like $20 a shift from our tip money together and stuff. So we saved for this road trip and this camera and um, I was like, I really want to, you know, kind of see what I can do with photography and editing photos and stuff. And not that I wanted to become a professional photographer, but I definitely just, I have an artistic side and a creative side that I wanted to be able to kind of feed a little bit more. And so... (laughs) It kind of started that way. We're on this road trip. I took some photos, started posting them on an Instagram account that I made with um a nickname that he gave me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where the Morris comes from.
1: i that too. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um so I had like a personal account at the time and um you know would also post on there, but my I had the Thanks Morris account, which it became like one, just a really fun way for me to express myself um, in, a, in an artistic way. But then I realized like, I kind of want to be able to express like, you know, hop on my stories and tell something funny that happened or whatnot. Um, but then I was like doing it in two different places. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna put everything on one account, just so I'll make my life a little bit easier. And so I did that. And then I kept like, I kind of had it like, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to grow it and see what happens because people would respond to things, but I wasn't consistent. um, And that was like, I was kind of starting to grow it a little bit during my first year of work. But then my first year of work took over and I didn't really have time for Instagram (laughs) um, or I didn't think I did. And um, then in my second year, when I got moved to the preschool setting, I think my second year... uh, of being a speech pathologist, going to preschool is where I really felt like, like, I, I just really love being a preschool speech therapist. If you can tell, I mean, anybody that follows me on Instagram, like, is like, this girl's a little bit too excited about being in the preschool setting. Like, I don't know, but I just really love it. I love how it challenges me every day, but I love like, um, I love that level working with those kids and, and the things that we do is so fun. And so I think I was just at a place in my life where I really enjoyed sharing about what I did. So I started sharing more on Instagram, um, as well. And then, um, last summer was like, yeah, last summer was really when I like focused on it. Cause once I started like growing it, like a little bit, it took about two years for me to really feel like, you know what? Yeah. I really want to just see what happens. So I really started focusing on it. I started listening to podcasts about growing your Instagram and stuff, which sounds so like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the term would be, but it's like I didn't I obviously like I had a goal. Like I want to grow it. Um and I, you know, I just basically I just became I started posting more consistently and I started showing up and I think a big one thing I hear on all the podcasts or I heard all the podcasts and things that I looked into on how to grow your Instagram is show up for your community, like build a community. And I always call it like, you know, I have so many followers or like, or I don't call it followers. I like to call it my community because, um, showing up for you guys and then having like that community inspire me right back is, is what makes social media so cool. I think there's, a lot of negativity out there about the world of social media, which is, you know, I see it, I get it. But I right. also think there's a lot of value in it if we're using it right. And if we have those communities that are building one another up. Um, and so once I found that, like once I felt like I was building a community really centered around, like I talked a lot about gratitude and, um, journaling and mindfulness, and then obviously since- some- what? That,
1: that what you say? Say thanks more?
2: Say, say thanks more. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um. Yeah. Like I, I just like just kept, I don't know, kept building a community around it. And then all of a sudden the speech pathologist came <laughs> and they're all like, oh yeah, you're a speech therapist too. Okay. Like we're all here, you know? And so I, I've just, it's been really cool to like connect with so many people like you and Um, there's so many great speech pathologists and psychologists that I've connected with as well. And, um, it, I don't know, it's just been a fun thing. And obviously during like quarantine, it's been something I could really focus on and be way more consistent in. So I think in the last like three months, it's just the, the amount of people I've met. And I just, I, I think you posted something maybe about like the, like real friends on Instagram that you Yes. But it's so true. Like, I do feel like I, like with you and others, like I've me- made really meaningful, valuable connections.
1: I 100% agree with that. Um, Cause I, I just started doing it all literally in March, like in quarantine, because I was just like not doing anything. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I couldn't work yet and things like that. And I, I was always afraid to take the leap just because of criticism, you know, I didn't really want to be that girl that people are like, oh, she's posting too much. Like, you know, no, I know. I but know. You have to do what's best for yourself. And like you said, I've made like a lot of meaningful relationships and things with people that I wouldn't have met otherwise, you know? Exactly. So exactly. that's awesome. I just really wanted to um, hear about that for you. But yeah, uh, drop your Instagram handle and like anything else what what? like oh, everything. <laughs> all my, all my contact info. Um,
2: no, uh, my Instagram is at thanks Morris. So, uh, T H A N K S M O R R I S. Um, I know, I get so many, it's so random, but I get so many questions on where's the Morris from. I'm like, <laughs> I know. And it's so like not even speech related, like everybody, all the speech pathologists, you know, they're like, they have SLP or something about speech or communication and people like are like who's Morris (laughs) like
1: I know I love it though I think it's so cute and it's just it's very cute yeah I like it It,
2: yeah I think I like it I've learned to because at first like back in March I was like I remember telling my boyfriend and a couple other people I was like I'm meeting all these speech pathologists on Instagram maybe I should like you know am I kind of that imposter syndrome right like Mm -hmm. I don't have a speech account. Like, I don't think I hold a candle to all these great, you know, speech pathologists or service providers or anything. Like they have their whole, all their accounts are built around that, but it's great. They're like so many knowledgeable speech pathologists sharing so much valuable information, but I'm over here. Like, I mean, I'll, I share it, but I also, I'm like, remember to do your gratitude list guys. (laughs) And then I, you know, but then I, (laughs) and then I kind of, and then once I created the podcast, I was like, nope, I'm sticking with the Thanks Morris. This is going to be called Thanks Morris because a part of me wants to pay tribute to the nickname, but also to the like fun improver, improviser, comedy improviser, whatever side of me. Um, So it's just fun.
1: (laughs) But I love it a lot. Yeah, guys, go listen to her podcast too. um, And you can hear me talking more so. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for yeah. coming us
2: no thank you for having me this is so fun so fun to was- get to get to just have a
1: sunday girl chat i'm like this is so nice i know it was very fun so mm-hmm. yeah well bye guys <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody